Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lindsay. And this is Lisa. We have a mixed up episode for you guys. I mean, part of it's because Lisa has had a busy week. So guess what? I'm up. I'm on deck, folks. <laughs> Surprise. But here's the thing. It's also our 100th episode of your haunted holiday. Can you believe, Lindsay, that we have hit 100 episodes? I honestly cannot I can't believe it either. I remember before we started this show wondering what on earth we could possibly talk about for about 30 minutes or more. I was, I remember I was like, what, how could we come, you know, what, what kind of conversation are we going to have? And you were like, I got this. I mean, this has been so much fun to create this show. We didn't think we were going to have any listeners and we actually have quite a few and very dedicated, wonderful listeners. So we want to thank all of our listeners for following this show, binging, sending us emails, sending us recommendations. The show is going to carry on because of you beyond 100 episodes. Absolutely. I can't believe we're still doing it, but you're right. Because we have listeners like you all, it really makes it worth it for us. We, we have a blast putting this together every week. And we're glad we can bring some joy to you all as a little treat at the end of the episode, because I'm going to jump into this episode here. But at the end of the episode, I have my personal top 10 list in celebration of our top 100 episodes. I've got my top 10 list of my personal favorite Your Haunted Holiday episodes. So if you want to listen to that at the end of the episode, that'll be coming at the end. And I invite you all to participate in joining our Facebook conversation. I'm going to have something posted there. Let us know what your favorite episode is. I'm so curious to hear now that we're a hundred episodes in what people liked the most. All right. With that said, this is one that Lisa and I visited recently on the way to a friend's wedding. This is a super haunted location. It was exciting to get there. This is your haunted holiday at the Cosmopolitan Hotel in San Diego, California. So Lisa, you and I, we went out to San Diego. We ended up having to fly to San Diego to go to a friend's wedding down in Mexico. And so we decided San Diego has so many haunted places, right? Like let's stop in San Diego. Let's get there a day early and let's stay in a haunted place. And the Cosmopolitan was on the top of our list. So it was exciting. It was. And like you said, there's a million places in San Diego that are haunted. It is old. Cosmopolitan Hotel is in Old Town, San Diego. And part of the reason that's part of the reason we wanted to go to the Cosmopolitan, because there's some other options that we'll definitely do an episode on in the future, like the Coronado. That's a really famous mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. But this one is right in the heart of Old Town. There's so many restaurants, but also the Whaley House that if you listened to a couple episodes ago, we told you our own experience at the Whaley House, which was incredible. We actually had ghost activity. I couldn't even believe it. So yeah, we talked about that a couple episodes ago. And so that same night that we stayed in the Cosmopolitan Hotel, we walked down the street. It's really not far. And we went to the Whaley House, like the most haunted house in America. That's the claim, right? So it was really cool. Old Town San Diego is just a really cool little town. It's it's like the West, right? It's like the Old West. Uh, it's kind of deserty. It's got cool old buildings. Um, 
there's all kinds of like nice little restaurants and shops around. So it seems like a nice place to stay if you want to be able to have like kind of a walkable, easy place to, you know, you stay at the Cosmopolitan and walk down the street, go get some good like Mexican food, right? Let me get into the history of this place. So the Cosmopolitan was actually originally built between 1827 and 1829 for a guy named Don Juan Bandini. When he originally built it, he, it only had one floor. It was like a U shape. And, and Don Juan Bandini was a cattle rancher. In fact, he was very charismatic, they say. He was an amazing dancer. He held some government offices. He had three daughters. Isadora is like the most notable one. We'll talk more about her. Josefa and Arcadia. And apparently, supposedly, these three were the most beautiful women in all of California. As the story goes, right? That's right. That's right. And so Bandini, he actually hosted weekly dance parties. He was very well known for this. People would go to this location, which was his home. It was not a hotel at the time, of course. And they said this was some of the best entertainment in that city, in that town at the time. And he was apparently a great dancer. He would put on his own like dance shows. He would just like move across the floor. So he just loved a good party. He was like the MJ of his time in Old Town. Right. Like I read something describing him as like gliding across the dance floor. I'm like, he's moonwalking. I was thinking the same thing. But ultimately, so he lived there for quite a long time. He lived there for almost three decades. So he spent, you know, a good chunk of his life there along with his family. So this place was really important to them. He did start losing a lot of his wealth. So the city started to change, the railroads kind of moved. And and so he lost some wealth along with a lot of other people that were in like the cattle ranching business like he was. And so he actually ended up selling his home back in 1859. And I read that just a few short months later, he actually passed away. So he passed away not long after selling the home. When he sold it in 1859, eventually, about 10 years later in 1869, there's a guy named Albert Seeley who bought it. He actually added a second story, which includes the wraparound balcony. If you ever see a picture of this place or you go see it in person, the whole second story is basically a wraparound balcony, which is pretty cool. And he converted it to a hotel and a stagecoach shop back then in 1869. Yeah, I got to say that wraparound balcony is really neat when you're there because we literally just spent time walking the full circle around this place. And the views, I have to say, are pretty amazing, too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we did a whole circle around trying to ghost hunt. <laughs> we'll get into more of our ghost hunting in a little bit. But oh, yeah, we were walking all around all around the place. But also, the story goes that Isadora, who was, remember, Don Juan Bandini's daughter, she actually used to go back when the ho- when it became a hotel. She would go back and visit the old family home, and she would actually stay in the same room every time because she used to live there. The hotel used to let her stay there. That room is room 11. Now, I know in room 11, there's an attached room that is unfinished, that's kind of boarded off. And I wonder if she also was in there because the, the hotel manager kind of alluded to the fact that that was Isadora's room. It's been boarded off, but it's attached to room 11. And so, of course, we're going to get into it. But guess what? Room 11, possibly haunted by Isadora. So she used to go back. When she lived there, it only had one story. But 
eventually when it was converted and she used to visit afterwards, it did have two stories like it currently does today. The legend, this is a legend, I don't know it for certain, but the legend is that Isadora was watching a parade from the upper balcony when she leaned too far over the railing and she fell. But guess what? This is a good story, not the typical tragedy that we hear on your haunted holiday. She fell into the arms of a man named Colonel Cave Johnson Counts. Well, that is a twist. I thought for sure she was going to die, Lindsay, because <laughs> I had read the stories about this place, but it's been a while. So I didn't remember what the outcome was. I was like, Isadora's a goner. She fell off a balcony and now <laughs> now she's for sure hot in the place. This is probably a YHH first. <laughs> it's a twist in a good way, right? So she falls into this man's arms. They fall in love. They get married shortly after and lived happily together until she ultimately passed away back in 1897. I'm pretty certain it was not in the in the home in in the uh, Cosmopolitan Hotel, but she definitely had big ties there. After um, the hotel originally, you know, it was converted into a hotel by Albert Seeley. It was eventually sold in 1888, where it was used for a while as an olive factory. Oddly enough, so then. In 1928, Juan Bandini's grandson named Cave Counts Jr. And remember, Yisadora fell into the arms of a guy with the last name of Counts. Hopefully I'm pronouncing their name correctly. So it's really her son, okay, that, that ended up buying the building. He restores it. He adds electricity. And he called it the Miramar Hotel and Restaurant. And he did this in honor of his mother, Yisadora, who just loved the building. So he went and bought it back then. It went through a few different owners. I think he owned it for around 15 years as the hotel and restaurant in Miramar. And then eventually it, it, he sold it. It went through multiple owners and was eventually purchased by the state of California, became a historic landmark. Today, it's actually owned by some sort of hospitality group, a business that owns multiple businesses there in Old Town, San Diego. Um, and it reopened as the Cosmopolitan as we know it today back in 2010. And they did renovations in order to try and restore it back to what it would have possibly looked like in the 1870s. And so that's what we have today as far as the history of the Bandini family, their parties, and how it's been converted over the years into the hotel. And you can tell just based on those stories what ties that family has to this place. Because, you know, I know before we went here, we kind of researched it a little bit. And there was a lot of questions about why would such and such even haunt this place, right? They didn't die there. And we've had these same sort of discussions before where it's like, well, they didn't die there. But they have really significant ties to this location. And for that reason, in the afterlife... I think it's very likely that they've come back. I don't think somebody necessarily has to die at a location to haunt it. Now, I do think it's much more likely, right, that they're going to mm -hmm. haunt a place they die in, but certainly not a requirement, in my opinion. For sure. And you got to think, too, you know, when Bandini built this place, you know, from what I've read, that part of the, the state, that part of the city was not very well there wasn't a lot of people living there right i mean so there's just like some some houses maybe scattered about but this was like a big mansion essentially that he built and they had a lot of pride in this they loved that place i don't think they wanted sounds like they didn't want to sell it back when they did back in 1859 and so they had a lot of ties and you know it's a cool location it's a cool building
Your Haunted Holiday now has Patreon. That's right. If you're a YHH addict and just want more, you can now get access to early released episodes and member exclusive episodes. Exclusive episodes will feature exciting new paranormal topics that don't fit our typical format, but I am dying to discuss them with our listeners. Think Bigfoot, UFOs, and other infamous hauntings. You can also get updates on some of our most recent trips with content that just didn't really fit into one of our normal episodes. Sign up now at patreon.com forward slash your haunted holiday or go to yourhauntedholiday.com to find the link. On to the hauntings. So I mentioned earlier that Isadora stayed in room 11 and probably the one next to it that's not really a room right now at the hotel today so we think that isadora is probably haunting room 11 is the most notorious one that we think she haunts she also is possibly haunting rooms four and five which i think are actually on the lower level but a lot of activity that people think isadora is doing is a lot of poltergeist like activities so turning lights on and off moving objects closing and opening doors sounds like she even will sit on the bed people will see like the bed move in a way like someone just sat next to them as well as disembodied voices and i can tell you Lindsay. so that is actually the room that we stayed in right Mm -hmm. and because we wanted to experience isadora one of the most prominent haunts of this place and You know, I was not expecting to have like a creepy room next door that was not fully finished. You kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier in the episode, but in room 11, it's, it's not a large room, but you know, it's, it's enough size for two people for sure. But then there's a door and then there's a window next to that door. That's kind of like, I don't know, like uh, hazed out a little bit with some sort of like paper, I guess, um, Mm -hmm. is how I would describe it. So you can't really see through it, but there was a little tiny bit at the bottom that you could see through. And I'm like looking through this and there's just like this like room over there that looks like a place where a ghost would be. (laughs) Right. It was unfinished for sure. It was obviously not a place that they would want a guest to go in. Yeah, it was creepy. I was like, oh my gosh, what is over there? And we I, we took our flashlights and shined it through the little bit of the window that we could see through and checked it out. And we didn't see any ghosts over there. It was definitely creepy. The other thing that I've, I've read is that Isadora and her family, they spoke Spanish back then. And so one thing that somebody said is that you're more likely to get responses from Isadora if you're speaking to her in Spanish. There was a ghost hunting team there that was trying to get responses. It just weren't getting much. And then they started trying to speak Spanish with her. And sure enough, they got a lot more activity and responses to their questions. So that is something to consider. We actually did do this a little bit. Now, my Spanish isn't great, but I know how to say a few things, right? Uh, Como te llamas? What's your name? You know, I was I was trying. I was really making an effort here. So before reading this, I actually did take that in consideration. Yeah, I mean, we really did put in an effort. Lindsay's Spanish is better than mine. The most I know is donde está el baño? <laughs> <laughs> A very important phrase. 
but we certainly did try to stir up Isadora and see if uh, we could get some sort of poltergeist activity. Absolutely. And I will say, you know, we didn't really get any responses. And before we left the room to go to the Whaley house and walk down the street and like get some food, we also took stock of the room and where things were because we knew that she likes to move things around. And so we kind of were like, okay, so my bag's over here. And we said, hey, Isadora, if you're, you know, if you could hear us move some things. So when we come back, you know, we have a sign that you're here and you want to communicate. And so we mentioned a few things she could move in the room, including like closing the door to the bathroom. I think I mentioned moving some sunglasses off of a table, stuff like that. But we did not get anything changed when we came back. Yeah, no, unfortunately, no activity. Although when we got back from the Whaley house and laid down, I think we did some ghost hunting for a while in the room. But as you know, I fell asleep right away when we were done doing that. Lindsay, I'm not so sure. I think you were up for a little bit, maybe. I I surprisingly slept pretty darn good in this place, as haunted as it is. But I I know that like Isadora and the ghosts there don't seem malicious. Like they sound like just people that happen to still be there for whatever reason. So I actually fell asleep. I am growing, Lisa. I am getting a lot more brave. (laughs) So let's talk about a few more of the potential ghosts in this place. So there's also a lady in red and she is primarily seen in rooms four and five. Some people think maybe this is also Isadora, could be anybody else. Uh, Apparently there were even some Native Americans that they think potentially haunt this place that used to live on the land previously. There's a cat that apparently roams the halls, said to be really friendly. People can hear the cat purring in bed sometimes when they're laying there. What you would expect from a cat, but there's just nothing there. I love a good animal haunting. It reminds me of our listener Callie that we met in St. Augustine because she is dying to experience something like that. So Callie, the Cosmopolitan Hotel might be a spot for you. It might be. It sounds like you just walk through the halls and it is kind of open air. So it would be easy. It's not your typical hotel where you walk into a lobby and then you go to a, like an elevator. No, it's, it's like a, it's a U shape with a cool courtyard in the middle and wraparound balcony. So it would make a lot of sense that you could have cats hanging around, right? Another thing that could happen, so Ghost Adventures actually covered this place back a while but a while ago. They claim that parties in their hotel tend to kind of stir up Juan Bandini because he loved his parties, he loved to dance, it was a highlight of the town. And so one of the stories in, in that episode, if you watch it, they have like a fake party, right? And in fact, there was a wedding there the night that Lisa and I stayed. And the Cosmopolitan Hotel actually called me before we went to stay there and was like, listen, there's going to be a wedding. They're going to be probably partying there till about 10 p.m. Are you going to be have an issue with the noise? And I was like, no, bring it on. Because for me, I think it's going to stir the ghost up. (laughs) So I think they kind of laughed when I said that. But I was like, oh, we're there for ghosts. Like, we'll be up. Not a problem. Yeah, I looked at it as a positive. I was actually excited to hear that there was going to be a big wedding there. The only thing that was awkward about it was that we were the, literally, this is a fact, the only guests that were not part of the wedding at this place. Yeah. And so like everywhere we walked, if there was like wedding people, like we had to kind of like walk through the wedding occasionally. (laughs) 
<laughs> to do our ghost hunting. That was a little awkward, but I was hoping they were going to stir some stuff up with their partying. It looked really cool, though. Like, they had the courtyard set up really nice and pretty, like, cool lights outside. And then the food smelled amazing. And I was, like, hungry at the time. I remember going, we should just hop in line for this buffet. Oh, my gosh. It looked great. And the wedding party all seemed very nice. We did not eat their food. I can confirm. But one of the one of the claims by a previous like a staff member, apparently there was a party there, like an event, maybe it was a wedding, something like that. And the staff member was finishing cleaning up and, and closing down for the night. They shut down the lights, they turned the music off. They came back a few and they walked out of the room. They came back a few minutes to find the lights all on, the music playing. It was like Bandini didn't want the party to end. That's what they think. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, makes sense. A lot of other things they hear on the first floor in the lobby areas where there's like a bar there and there's some other areas where maybe you could have a party or something or an event. They hear voices, other noises, like someone's clearing their throat. They've heard that before as well. So you want to listen out for noises and chairs moving, uh, stuff like that. Well, and that's where the original house was, was on yeah. kind of the first floor area because they built on the second floor. So it would make sense that a lot of those noises from maybe a Bandini party are going to be on that first floor area. Mm-hmm. And when we were there, they weren't really using the first floor except for some storage, I think, for the wedding party to use um, because the, the wedding party was all outside. So Lisa and I walked around down there and really tried to stir up Juan Bandini, but we did not, unfortunately, have a whole lot of luck. We sat, we listened quietly, we really tried um, to get something to happen. But again, like I say, it's like whale watching. It is unpredictable. The other thing to be aware of about this place, this is really interesting. So there's a room, I, I don't know exactly what room number it is, unfortunately, but it has a matching headboard to a dresser. And it's a, a carving of a girl's face. And you can look this up on YouTube. There's like videos out there of people that have stayed in the room. The carving is supposedly of a, of a 12-year-old girl who died in that bed. The father supposedly, I can't prove this, but it sounds like that's the legend, carved her sculpture into the furniture in order to help remember her. This furniture that has this carving is not original to the hotel. Um, this was apparently brought in at some point, but came to the hotel haunted. So some people think that 12-year-old girl is haunting that room because she is tied to that furniture. So I would never buy a bed with somebody's face carved into it, first of all. Okay. No, but not for your personal home, but maybe for like a creepy old haunted hotel. Yeah, yeah, totally. The yeah. other thing that this makes me think about is not that I would ever do this, but whatever you do, if you lose a loved one, don't carve their likeness into something because you're risking them being tied with it and haunting all these different locations. Like, what if she's stuck there now? Like, because he had good intentions, loved his daughter, but is now like tied to this object right right I mean it's strange but I mean I'm sure he put a lot of love into it and maybe that is the energy that is housing her there you know that emotion because usually we've talked about this a lot right like 
I think hauntings are tied to emotions. Like the Bandinis loved this house. They didn't necessarily die there, but they loved it so much that maybe they're back there. Or maybe it's an extreme emotion of tragedy, which unfortunately is very common, right? Right, right, absolutely. Tragedy, she died in that bed, supposedly. Now, whether or not this story is true, I could see how it would be very easy to come up with a legend for some creepy headboard and matching dresser, right? But it's very interesting. So we might have another ghost there that didn't die there that got brought along. I have a great listener story that I'm going to share with everybody. And this actually was an email that just came to us recently from Tara, who's a listener and she's been binging the show. Thank you so much for listening. But I have to share this because it just so happens to be she sent us this email, not realizing that we had just recently been to this great haunted location. Right. And she's like, go to the Cosmopolitan. She gave us a few other great recommendations. But this is her story specifically about the Cosmopolitan Hotel. She says, I'm from San Diego, so I love to check out all of the haunts in our area. We stayed at the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Old Town for Valentine's Day this year, and it did not disappoint. First of all, you get the whole place to yourself at night. They literally lock the doors to the gate and give you the key. We stayed in room nine, the corner room, and I swear to God, I saw the ghost in our room. I saw the red figure out of the corner of my eye next to our bed. And when I turned to look at it, it shot straight up into the ceiling. The whole red image literally moved straight up. It happened so fast, I couldn't do anything but scream. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. I I am so jealous that she saw that there. I, oh, man. I mean, I'm sure it was terrifying in the moment to actually see the red lady. Right. But, like, I would have loved to see something like that while we were there. It would have been really, really cool. Like, I just love this story because, gosh, it sounds like she saw an apparition and it falls very much in line to what people see at this hotel. And the fact that it didn't want her to see it, it's interesting. It kind of makes me think intelligent haunt. Yeah, because it was reacting to what she did. Right. Totally. Right. So I wonder what the hotel, other people staying there, if they heard her scream or what. Let me quickly cover our experiences. We didn't have a whole lot happen when we were there. We really made every effort to try to get a ghost to come around. But we did, when we first laid down to go to sleep, we were exhausted. We had been traveling all day. And we did hear, like, it sounded like someone was trying to flush the toilet. And it was like an old-timey toilet that was in there. It was like the toilet, if you have seen the movie The Godfather, where there's, like, the tank Mm -hmm. above the toilet with the chain hanging down that's how old it was now it was functional the rest of the bathroom was fine but like the toilet was really old so it did sound unusual and I did not hear it again I I think we heard it like two or three times Mm -hmm. you know pretty close to each other and we were like what is that is that maybe somebody messing with that chain and then it didn't happen again. So it could have been a plumbing issue, but I also think the fact that it didn't happen again, maybe it was something messing with that chain. Inconclusive, but it was strange. It's the only time we heard that, and we really were trying to get some activity during that time. We were exhausted, but we were like, come on, Isadora, <laughs> you know, like laying in bed, give us something. The other thing that we experienced was we were eating breakfast on the balcony in the morning and Lisa actually all of a sudden says to me, I just smelled a floral scent 
just kind of go by and go away. And I had my face in my cup of like coffee that I was drinking that morning. And so I did not smell it, unfortunately, but it, it almost sounds like maybe someone with a heavy perfume walked by you that wasn't there. It was a ghost. That is actually what it kind of felt like, because as soon as I smelled it, I mean, it was, it was almost as if I had put my face into a bouquet of flowers for a brief moment. That is what it smelled like. It was very distinct. It was like, whoa, very floral. And I even, I said to you right away, I goes, do you smell that? But again, your face was in your coffee, so you didn't smell it. But it, I mean, as soon as it came, the it went right away. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was really just a brief kind of second where it was a very distinct scent. And I thought, well, back in the day, a lot of people wore very floral smelling perfumes. And we hear that on this show all the time where people smell things like that. I've never had that happen to me until this experience. So it was kind of interesting. I I think it might have been something. I really do. Yeah, it was very cool. I did not pick up on any sort of floral scents going by the balcony. So you never know. It really could have been something. I mean, that is a very common uh, thing that people experience in some of these haunted places. Okay, so how do you go stay at the Cosmopolitan Hotel? Well, it's a hotel, so of course you can just book a room there, um, which is the easiest way to do. I mean, it's this cool old Western town in Old Town, San Diego. There's lots of ghost tours around, which you can book as well. The, the, the rooms are at the Cosmopolitan do start at $139 a night, so pretty reasonable, I think, especially in a, the historic district of San Diego. I will say that they are, like Lisa said earlier, it is a small room, right? This is a historic hotel. Apparently, when it first was converted into a hotel back in the 1800s, it had 20 rooms. Right now, they only have 10 rooms in the Cosmopolitan Hotel. Part of that is, I think, this is my guess, it sounds like back in the day, there was no bathroom in each room. They had a communal bathroom situation. My own personal nightmare. I was about to say your worst nightmare. <laughs> sounds horrible. Good news is today there are bathrooms built into the rooms. That's possibly why you've seen the room count go down, right? Um, they've got to expand that. And the, the bathroom in the room was actually pretty big. I thought for, for an old historic room like that, it was a decent sized bathroom that's been updated now. Is the bathroom updated fabulously, like a high-end, fantastic hotel? No, it's not. This is a basic bathroom upgrade. It's functional. The shower was pretty decent. Works well, right? Yes, I would agree with that. It There has not been any like high-end remodels at this place. When you get a key to your room, it is a physical metal key that you put into the door. So... This place is not upgraded, but it's still very comfortable, clean, very unique place to go. Right. It's a historic location that they've kept historic for a reason. It, they've kept its charm, which is kind of cool. I I was comfortable there. I slept well there. I didn't have any issues. The rooms are small, though, so just be aware of that. If you're someone that has a whole lot of luggage or something like that, be aware. The other thing is there's no TV in any of the rooms. Be aware of that. I struggle to sleep in a haunted place without a television. That was one of my first comments. I like to have a TV on if I'm kind of getting freaked out. It helps me sleep. But there is Wi-Fi. 
Um, and the other thing that this place comes with is a small breakfast. Um, it has coffee, tea, and pastries that are included for you, as well as reserved parking. And they will set that um, breakfast out for you on the balcony. So they have little tables on that wraparound balcony. They'll have a spot there set for people in your room where they'll set some very, I would say, very basic breakfast mm-hmm. items out. You know, it's it's nothing fancy. They're not making you eggs to order or anything like that. But it, it's it's enough to kind of hold you over till you go eat lunch. Yeah, it's a nice little addition that's included for you, right? And they set that up for us on the balcony um, where Lisa smelled the potential perfume of a ghost. Go figure, right? So the Cosmopolitan Hotel is is a really, really cool place. If you are out in the San Diego area, I highly recommend like booking a night. Try to get in rooms 11, 4, or 5. Those are the three most notorious rooms. Try to get in there if you can. The staff is super nice and they do embrace the ghosts. They will give you the ghost story. And when you talk to them to book your room, your haunted room, you know, and you mention it, there's no judgment there. They, I fully expect these questions. It seemed like to me. And it seems like everybody in San Diego knows that this place is haunted because we took several Ubers and they'd be like, oh, where are you staying? We'd say the Cosmopolitan. They'd go, oh, you know that place is haunted, right? I think we had that multiple times on this trip. We had some folks at the Whaley House saying, why did you book the room that's haunted? What? What is wrong with you folks? And like, you just don't know anything about us, clearly. <laughs> we are strange, but we really have a fun time staying in these places. So with that, go stay at the Cosmopolitan. In regard to our 100 episode anniversary, I have my top 10 list. I think I'm going to have some surprises in here for you, Lisa. I, I am surprises. I am interested to hear what your top 10 is. And it was tough because I went back and forth on some of this. There are some that I really would like to fit in here. I mean, that I really, really like. Some uh, honorable mention. Windsor Hotel is an honorable mention that I wanted to fit in here. Stanley Hotel is another one. But, you know, we can't get them all. Um, so number 10, Highland Lawn Cemetery. Ooh, I like that. It's it's hard for me now. We have 100 episodes to remember all the different places. But I do remember this. It wasn't that long of an episode ago. That was the one with Stiffy Green, the bulldog. Good old Stiffy Green. Good old Stiffy Green. That's why I liked this episode. Lots of interesting stories. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to Highland Lawn Cemetery. It's a recent one. And the phone in the mausoleum. That was off the hook. Yes. Very interesting. It's number nine is the St. Augustine's Old Jail. I talked a whole lot about bathrooms in this one. This was also a mixed up episode and it was just a cool place. It's one we actually visited. I think this place is super haunted. We didn't have any activity in the short time we were there, but I bet you that if you go to the old jail at night and go to their haunted tour, I have a feeling there's a decent shot you're gonna catch something. I think so too. That place is definitely haunted. Next time we go to St. Augustine, because we're going to have to go back, because I really did like that town, we're going to have to do one of the late night, like, full-on ghost hunts. We're just going to have to set the time aside to do it. I agree. I agree. Number eight is Haunted Disney World. little surprise in there for everyone. Well, I threw this in there because I thought it's different, right? I was shocked when Lisa was doing the episode and she did all of the research. I had no idea how many stories there are around potential ghosts on rides and and stuff like that. 
I just think there's a lot of really interesting stories that go along with this. I think it's a good one. And I think a lot of our listeners have probably been to some place like Disney World and can say, oh my gosh, I've been to a haunted place, right? I think it's kind of cool. I agree. What's funny is, so I was thinking about that episode recently because at work, we were talking about Halloween and they asked everybody a question, which was, if you could haunt any place, what would it be? Oddly enough, this question comes Mm -hmm. to me and I really had to think about it. And I didn't say Disney World, but I said someplace really close. I said, I would haunt Universal Studios and ride all the rides. Boom. Universal. I'm all for it. We love ourselves some Universal Studios. (laughs) Okay. Number seven, the Foley House Inn in Savannah, Georgia. That place is just so cool. I I like that one on the list. It's a cool old bed and breakfast in Savannah. They've got the, the notorious ghost named Wally. They found a guy's dead body in the wall when they were doing renovations. Really cool story. If you haven't heard that episode, go listen to it. It's kind of got like an interesting twist to some of the history. It's highly enjoyable. And it's one of those bed and breakfasts that I feel like a lot of people haven't heard about if they hadn't been to Savannah before. Mm -hmm. But when you go on the ghost tours, they cover it a lot. So that's how you find out about it. But definitely a cool place to stay too if you're going to Savannah pet friendly hotel they'll let your dog stay there they love dogs that's right and you brought brandy there with us i did i did and i think she saw a ghost go listen to the episode folks all right number six is the crescent hotel which is one of our early ones um guy selling some fake cancer treatments basically killing people they found all kinds of awful stuff under the ground recently super creepy but this is one of those places on my bucket list that I really want to go stay at that's exactly what I was going to say Lindsay because even though this is one of the early episodes it's still one of my favorites because it's just oh it's just absolutely horrible actually what this person did yeah but it's fascinating and it sounds like there's some extreme stuff happening there in ghost activity. So I, it's a bucket list place for me. Mm-hmm. And it's one of our early episodes. It's one of our first ones when we were starting to just get our groove. But I, I like that particular one. Number five is the Dybbuk Box episode. I really liked the Dybbuk Box episode. This was actually a recommendation from one of our listeners that actually lives in South Africa, if I remember correctly. And it turned out to me, I just was fascinated by the Dybbuk Box. I had no idea about all this history. I had seen the episode of Ghost Adventures with them trying to open the Dybbuk Box and was like, what the heck is this? But I had no idea about all this. So I just found it fascinating. That one is, I would actually be scared to go into the Dybbuk box room in that yeah. museum. Mm-hmm. Number four is the Bullock Hotel, both episodes, episodes one and two. That's number four, because that's where we saw our first ghost when we were kids and we talk all about it. And you can hear some of our background as to why we're so into this stuff. If you go listen to that It's one. kind of our origin story for why we're into ghosts. And we saw a full bodied apparition at that location. Mm-hmm. And it's like our favorite haunted place. I mean, of course it is. It's perfect. We also did, that was our Halloween special last year. It was our Bullock Hotel. True. Episodes. Number three is the Wolf Creek Inn. 
I just also, love that episode. Oh also gosh. one of my favorites. I like the idea of taking a shotgun out to the woods, hunting down a vampire, vampire-like creature. <laughs> uh, right. We got into some creature potential in the woods, the whole thing. I just... I love that. And that was, I think, our first place where we got into, like, ghost travel. <laughs> like, are they traveling? Are they vacationing in these different haunted places? I think, like, Clark Gable might have been visiting there. <laughs> so, I don't know. Lots to uh, pick apart at the Wolf Creek Inn. I liked that one. Number two is, like, of course, the Thomas House. We talk about this as many. It's, like, one of our best ghost stories and one of the most interesting things that we've had happen in actual real life. And we actually stayed at the Thomas house well before we ever started this podcast. It's one of the things that kind of inspired the show, in fact. Yep. A haunted road trip, just randomly stopping at potentially the most creepy place on the planet to stay the night. Mm -hmm. We did not get any sleep, but it was worth it. And drumroll, my number one is the tower of london go figure are you at all surprised by this lisa no i you always <laughs> say that's your favorite episode and it is certainly i think a good episode probably not my favorite i don't know which i think the wolf creek inn is my favorite episode but also with the thomas house but i do love this one too I mean, the Tower of London, I mean, it has everything, folks. We've got some animal hauntings going on. we got beheadings. we got some serious history happening way back in the day. Torture, horrible things. But man, was it highly entertaining. I have listened to that one multiple times. And I recorded it. So, I mean, that's my favorite. If you haven't heard that one, go back and check out the Tower of London. Well, Lindsay, I got to say, this has been fun to reminisce on our your top 10 episodes and thinking about all the ones that we've done. Like I said, it's, it's hard to even keep track of the places anymore. I think we almost need to generate some sort of list of like bucket list places we absolutely yeah. have to go to. I know we were talking uh, recently about, you know, next time we go on a big trip, we should really go up to the northwest somewhere because we haven't really been there yet and there's so many great places to explore up there and hey the wolf creek inn is up there and i wouldn't mind you know checking out those woods looking for some vampire situations i would totally go out in those woods but i would definitely bring some sort of a weapon <laughs> i don't know that it would be a shotgun but maybe a baseball bat I don't know. I, I would totally go out there hunting for this vampire-like creature. Yes. So again, we just want to thank all of our listeners so much for listening to the show for the last couple years, almost two years that we've been going. And I think we've had an episode a week, um, which has now gotten us to 100. So we really appreciate everybody's support, listening, telling their friends and family about the show and helping it continue to grow. I, I was just going to say... I'm going to post uh, my top 10 list on Facebook, on our Facebook page. If you want to comment on there and tell me what your favorite episode out of all hundred, let us know. I'm so curious to hear what your thoughts are. All right. So don't forget to tell your friends and family to listen to the show if they're interested in anything paranormal and check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks everybody for listening. Stay safe and healthy.